So everybody, welcome to the Venari Partners podcast. I'm not from Venari Partners, but I'll be asking Steve Brown um, three questions today. Steve will ask me three questions. Um, so I get to play the role of interviewer because I'm starting with the first question. What are the characteristics that you're looking for when you're accepting C-suite applicants and um, naturally when you're presenting those C-suite applicants to prospective brands? So, yeah, good question, actually. I think the, the things I look for, uh, I think one, communication. If you're in a C-suite position, you need to be a very strong communicator, um, both internally and externally um, for the business. So I think communication is one. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I need you to respond really, really quickly to emails and stuff like that. You know, we understand you're busy, but it's just more of a case of how you articulate yourself, how you come across, how you present yourself. Looking at your background, I think it actually helps as well. So actually the career steps you've made to get to where you are. Have you been involved in lots of different businesses? Have you worked your way up through the same business? How about yourself? So it'd be good to know, you know, you've been on the side of the fence where you've been hiring teams. Um, so my question to you would be, what are the most important things or, or what do you look for from a marketing team? Let's say you're growing a marketing team. What are the key things that you look for when growing that team? So I like people who are hybrid. That means that they can do more than just their title naturally they're there or more than just their department so for example um in in a previous company where i was my head of head of community management for a social he also managed our pr agency in the states and also managed partnerships um and then i also i i hate egos if you're going to be on my team leave your ego at the door i don't care about you know you giving yourself kind of kudos for the amazing job that you've done on, on, on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday. If you are doing an amazing job, then great. Go teach the other people on your team um, the certain things that allows you to do that amazing job. Um, so I have one for you because I know that it uh, could be a bit different on the recruiting side. What are your kind of pet hates on, on CVs when you get a CV? And what do you recommend um, to kind of do differently when writing a CV and going through a recruiter? Good question. Big pet hate of probably every like, recruitment consultant out there is uh, CVs. So um, I would say the top three pet hates, one is too long. Um, you know, for me, a CV doesn't need to be more than two pages long. I think three at an absolute max, but I think you can get it down to two. Second thing I'd say is um, like jargon, just using things like, you know, is a team player, you know, you know, strong. I can work on my own or with a team, you know, that, that kind of stuff, you know, that will come out in an interview. You don't need to write that. Nobody looks at that little personal profile bit that people write about themselves either. Um, so I think, you know, keep it again. And I think that's just helps to keep the CV shorter as well and more concise and to the point. Um, and lastly, I think pictures. For me, it's just, you know, either do you need a picture? Probably not unless you're a model. So I think they're the three things that I'd probably um, say are the pet peeves. And I think yeah, they're pretty easy solutions to um to get to groceries how about yourself because again like you've probably seen tons of cvs no doubt like what are your pet hates so pet hates um would be too long um two pages for me is also pretty long um so i think too long is is is, is kind of a problem because you also don't read all of that i also like to have it like summed up in bullet points so this was my title and this bullet point bullet point bullet points of, of what i've done um i don't particularly think that you need to put in your hobbies um, I think that that's kind of pretty relevant in, 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 in a lot of cases. And then I also think for dependent on the position that you're going to, I don't think that you need to put in your education, to be perfectly honest. I think if you're going to be a trainee or a junior, yeah, education matters. But I think if you're going to be like kind of a midway to senior or, or, or C-suite, 
your education doesn't really matter to me, right? It matters on, on, on your experience. Um, so hypothetically, if you don't have a, and if you're coming to be a, a, a C, like a C level, or if, or if you're going to be a senior, I don't really care if you have an MBA. I don't care if you're a doctorate and I don't care if you have a BA. I, I, I don't care if you worked as a bar back during your, your, your youth, right? Um, if you have the experience and, and a proven track record, that's perfectly fine for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, not everybody's like me, right? So um, if you feel you want to put your education in, put your education in. Languages are important dependent on where you're actually applying, right? If you're applying um, to an international company based in Germany and you speak English and German, put that on there. If you speak English, German and like 30, 40 other languages, it's great to just say multilingual with others. I don't need to know all of them. Um, yeah, so that's kind of my my advice on a CV as well as my kind of pet hates, so to say. Um, yeah, I think last question, um, and then we've got to wrap up, but last question is like, have you had any poor recruitment experiences? So any like interviews you've done or like your own personal experiences as well? Yeah, sure. One suddenly springs to mind um, every time <laughs> I've asked this question and told the story without being asked this question. So I was in, um, I was looking for, I think it was a director of e-commerce at a stage. Um, so we, we, we were chatting to a recruiter. We were going to meet um, this, this, this fellow on a Tuesday. Um, on the Friday before, the recruiter said he actually would like more money um, if he comes to the interviews. Okay, fine. Yes, we'll, we'll pay him. His CV looks good. Then he was um, on the Monday, we found out, no, he, he, he can't do the Tuesday. He can only come on the Thursday. Um, it's fine. And then on the Wednesday, it said he would like five days more holidays. And I was like, the CV is all right, but this is getting a bit ridiculous, turning into a bit of like, you know, a kind of marketplace. Um, any case, guy shows up. Um, I walk in, see the CV, I ask him to take me through. And then I say one thing, can you please tell me what is the biggest thing that you've done in your career that you're most proud of, right? Um, and he tells me the story about how he did the global strategy for a, a, a global um, automotive firm, um, one of the biggest in the world. And I kind of knew instantly that that's not true. And the reason that I knew that that's not true is because I was the one that actually did that strategy along with my team at one of the previous agencies I was. And um, <laughs> yeah, so I subsequently wrapped up the interview um, shortly uh, within about 10 minutes of that. Um, and we got back to, to the office and within 10 minutes, um, there's a scathing glass door review on me, but I'll throw the same question back to you. What's your most awkward situation, um, with a candidate? Mine has got to be the time that, uh, we had this really great candidate and we presented him to, to one of our clients. Uh, the candidate went out, he met the C-suite, um, got on really well. It became pretty clear that they wanted to to bring him on board um, and you know three meetings later which include, included kind of three flights that two were paid for by the candidate um, you know we got to the stage where you know they're about to pull the trigger you know they, they told the candidate okay you're going to be coming in this is the role you're going to be doing this is the title you're going to have this is what we can pay you um, unfortunately with over shadowed the kind of HR department during that decision and um, you know I work with HR departments every day normally they get involved at the very early stages if not the earliest stage of um, uh, a search process um, so it was a bit strange to start with but you know we went with it they seemed pretty confident that they knew what they were doing um, but turns out that the HR director pretty much shut it down and, and kind of what I mean by that is they uh, I, I believe they still made the offer, but they made it at a much lower salary. I think that they made the 
change the title of the role and ultimately it just wait, turned into a massive waste of time for uh for the candidate and i felt really bad because obviously the candidate had paid for two of their own flights i think we, we actually said we'll reimburse but ultimately it it was just a bit of a, a, a shit situation for one of a better word so it was a bit embarrassing for us lesson definitely learned live and learn i guess live and learn uh, sure um well anyway it's great to speak to you again jason this is a slightly different format to what we've done before so thanks for taking the time um to speak to us um i'm sure no doubt we'll, we'll do a few more of these um podcasts where we'll bring up some more topics um and yeah to anyone listening if you haven't already checked out the, the previous ones please do um there's some great content on there um so yeah thanks again for your time um and we'll see you again very soon yeah thank you very much for having me